Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Ed Kramer, CGI artist from Industrial Light and Magic. I worked on the Scarabs from The Mummy, the Rock Monster from Galaxy Quest, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Rollers Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con. I am Ryan. With me is Zach and Brad. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw Overlord. <laughs> um, stay tuned to the end of the show where we will tell you if you see the movie, play the trailer, and then we will talk about the film that we saw this week. Uh, we like movies, so we are a movie podcast. We also talk about movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, movie news. And, of course, what we've been watching, because we watched so many films. Brad, you brought in your vinyls from Friday Part 4. Friday 13th, the final chapter. The official title, sorry. See, he made that mistake, too. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. Are you guys both really Jason fans? Cause, they just um, rename it like they did Indiana Jones. Uh, I say Friday <laughs> 4 because it just is rolls off the tongue faster, but yeah. it is Friday the 13th. See, the when final you say chapter. Friday 4, I think, oh, fuck, they made a fourth Friday movie? No. Or, or Jason Chris 4. Tucker. Jason 4. <laughs> would it be Jason 3 because he's not in one? Kind of in one. He's in one. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Rambo debate all over again. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, those are awesome. Yeah. I, I, I get them because of all the amazing like custom artwork that people do for the vinyls. and you know. Yeah. The the Jason that's on the back of the one is really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, they're, they're so expensive. I wish I could have them all. But <laughs> you know, that's, that's what sucks about being a collector yeah. is eventually you get to a point and I'm at this point with Spider-Man comics where I can't afford them really now. Um, so I just get the new adventures of Peter Parker. But, you know, you go and you say, hmm. You start to make rules of like, <laughs> like you used to do, like Green Goblin covers of Spider-Man comics. Like that's where you would limit yourself. And now I'm just like with vinyls, you know, only special limited run artwork. No, like, yeah, this just came out and it has the poster on it, you know. Well, yeah, no. And I mean, I think. Something like that for collectors is awesome because, I mean, you have original artwork and even the, the vinyl itself is pressed really cool. Mm-hmm. The, the um, Friday the 13th ones are like see-through. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I 
I, I don't know why I shared it with you a couple weeks ago. I'm sure you already knew the Ninja Turtles one, but that one's sweet too. Yeah, that's custom Kevin Eastman artwork and yeah. I, I I picked the orange one, even though I wanted them all. <laughs> oh, so you can pick a tur- I know you could pick a turtle. I just saw yeah, the artwork and I saw it look cool. Yeah, yeah, there's like I don't know eight variants because uh, New York Comic Con has a special Shredder one, which is really oh, just shit. kind of the Foot Soldier one, um, which is like black. One disc is black, one disc is maroon. But like Casey Jones has a blue disc and a white disc. April has a pink disc and a yellow disc. Splinter has a brown and silver. Um, and then all the turtles have like a green plus their color. That's all. So is your favorite Michelangelo? Um, growing up, yes. Now I'm just kind of like, they're all my favorite. Gotcha. <laughs> and when I was a teenager, you know, Raphael's my favorite. So I just Cause he was, the the, he was the rebel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he had the attitude, brooding attitude. I always like Donatello. Yeah. yeah most people do. That's really? What I hear from people. Yeah. That's weird. Most of my friends like not Donatello. I like Splinter. It's a rat puppet. It was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> No one likes Splinter. Leave. <laughs> they killed him off in the 2003 comic because <laughs> no one liked him. Did they rip him in half? That'd be badass. No, I think he just got assassinated. So does NECA? I was. They're teasing a Shredder figure. Yes. Like it's that, the quarter inch one. Though. Yeah, from yeah. the movie. But it, I can tell because they they've been teasing and it's just his arm and it's that purple pinkish like chainmail. Yeah, it's like from the the first movies never had a figure done in that in that likeness. Um, like in the original Playmates line, the Super Shredder mm-hmm. was the closest thing to any really? Shredder That's from so the weird. movies. And yeah, now I'm just hoping that they take that quarter inch one and shrink it down so it can be with the other yeah, you know, it's, seven inch ones I got. It's crazy too because so I collect Friday the 13th figures. The only one I don't have, I have a part five. The only one I don't have, I have two part fives. I have a Roy part five, which is the fake Jason. Mm-hmm. And then NECA uh, about a, two months ago released Nightmare Jason. So the real Jason <laughs> And it's a badass figure. It comes with like a Jason that has worms coming out of its eyes head. I did not use the one that has like the axe uh, damage. But um, so they're releasing uh, in February, I think it is, is the ultimate 2009 version, Mm. which comes with um, the hockey mask, sack head, and then without a mask and a couple weapons. I'm like, that's cool. They've never done a part eight. I've never seen a part eight Friday the 13th figure. Manhattan. I'm sure they'll get to it. Because it would have to deal with mutant Jason, mutant baby Jason. (laughs) I also, I mean, I have, I hardly ever get lucky with toys. I used to when we went to go to Starfest. I'd always find, like, some rare action figure. But I got this really rare Jason, um, Uber Jason from Jason Goes, uh, Jason X at, where did I find that at? It was, it was like, $12. And it's a really rare figure, but it's badass. And I have that. I don't have Part 8, though. The Part 8 one should come with a barrel of toxic waste. Fucking A, it should. <laughs> and then, the like, the frog face would be sweet. Mm-hmm. Should have a sticker with the eye. And then it also has, like, the weird, like, naked boy, like, <laughs> at the end. Well, I guess he's not naked. He's wearing, like, whitey tighties. <laughs> yeah. And when Jason melts away. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's not immune. He's just, it's, it's, it's to symbolize that he's been cleansed. You want to hear something crazy about that film, too? It's the longest Friday the 13th by, like, 18 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an hour and 52 minutes long. I was rewatching the special features to because I uh, the the box the DVD box that I had mm-hmm. years ago and yeah they're talking about how what the plan was for that movie about being in New York and then <laughs> yeah. the budget came through and just hacked it down to that ship and they couldn't even get the big enough ship that they wanted <laughs> so they just film it all in wide angles and they cut off half the ship all the time in the shots yeah so, you know I, I I feel for the director and writer of that because you know he gets a lot of flack because I it's I don't think it's the worst Friday the Thirteenth but. Uh, he gets a lot of flack for that, but he didn't get to do what he wanted. He didn't which, get to do yeah. good. the reason. Nope, nope. 
Nope, because I mean, what did you want to see? You want to see Jason walk around New York and um, kill people? Yeah, I think they said it like they only shot two days in New York. Yeah, like one in Times Square and then one in some alley or something. Yeah, there's a really cool thing when Kane Hodder's talking about people cheering him when he was walking through <laughs> Times Square. Just him just looking at uh, uh, passersby and whatnot, and just yeah. staring them down. There's a great. Uh, I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago on AMC. They're doing uh, the history of horror, Eli Roth, mm-hmm. and they did a two part slasher, and it's pretty cool. And the the opening credits for that are really amazing. I want to. I should. Uh, I think you can get watching on demand now. I'm waiting until all of them are released, and then I'll just binge them in a binge row. It, nice. Because that's how I did it with uh, Secret History of Comic Books, Robert Kirkman's mm-hmm. thing. And then James Cameron did one on sci-fi, which I haven't seen yet. But, uh, yeah, no, they're cool. Is it just him being a jerk? <laughs> I, Robert Kirkman or... Uh, James Cameron. No, James Cameron. Um, I Like I said, I haven't seen it. I just know that it's there. It's one of my favorite special features. If you get the Alien Anthology mm-hmm. uh, or the Quadrilogy, the, <laughs> the massive DVD set, and they shrink it down to, like, four Blu-rays. Um, but they're interviewing Sigourney Weaver... And they talk about how much she talks about how much of a fucking dick he is, mm-hmm. but she still works with him. So yeah. I guess, you know, apparently she's coming back for those Avatar sequels. So I don't know how they're going to. Does anyone else not care about those? We were talking about the titles last week. Like I, I could give two shits. Every to time be I see something about Avatar, I go, oh, yeah, they're making more of those. I saw one person cosplay as one of those blue cats at Starfest once. And that was it. Uh, excuse <laughs> me. They're called Navi. OK. I didn't they're blue movie, cats. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'll say this. The, the more interesting thing about Avatar for me is rewatching that documentary that they put together on how they got the technology um, down to do it. The movie itself, I, I haven't even revisited. So, huh. you know. Those documentaries that Cameron puts together, regardless of oh, no, his I, demeanor, he he can put together a mean. I think his movies are fun. Yeah, he's just a prick. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. That's Sigourney Weaver. Okay, that's not that's not Ryan Frost saying it. That's Sigourney Weaver and like other people. Linda Hamilton. She came it's, back it's, too, it's too late. James Cameron already sent the T800 to. You know why? After you, because when you're in his movies, you make shitloads of money. <laughs> oh yeah. John Landau, his producer, is like swimming in money. He's got like one of those Scrooge McDuck vaults that he can dive into. That'd be awesome. Yeah. James, I don't like you, but I respect you. <laughs> uh, give me my check. <laughs> I mean, Sigourney Weaver. As long as, I mean, if he's a prick, I mean, everybody through the course of their career, I don't right now, but at some point I've worked for somebody who's not been very cool. And, um, and sometimes you just got to shut up and just do your work. It's all you can do. Hey, give give him props though. He's gonna keep Sam Worthington employed for the next four or five years. <laughs> yeah, remember like eight years ago when everyone was trying to make Sam Worthington the next action star, it's and just, then you realize he couldn't keep an American accent through Terminator. Uh, what was the What was the movie he did? Man on Ledge. Oh. I think it was like I don't know. It was like Man this on weird a ledge. Yeah. Man on a Ledge. Yeah, it was just like this weird January release, and I, I watched it. And I'm like, I I don't know. I don't I don't see him coming back for more stuff, but. He's fine. No, he's People always say that, but then when you go to their IMDb page, it's like television appearance, television appearance, yeah. television, like indie movie, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're still working. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, I, well, he's, I mean, we still talk about him, so obviously people still know him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in that one interrogation scene in that one TV show where he goes, I need to know right now what's happening with all this stuff right now in the Dingbo baby outback. <laughs> <laughs> you and Paul Hogan should team up. <laughs> <laughs> You should make the next Dundee movie. I, I remember when I saw Terminator Salvation, and he was hanging by the chains or something. Yeah, when and he's, he's talking to Christian Bell. Yeah, and he literally would go in and out of his Australian accent. Well, that's his his T eight hundred programming. Oh, malfunction. Yeah. yeah, that's gotcha. right. Yeah, forgot robot. Yeah, the robots have all the languages, and those are just the two. Were... <laughs> I'm here to get you, mate. I'm gonna get you real good. 
How cool would that movie be if <laughs> John Connor's replaced by a T? I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh. That would be awesome. I thought that's what they were going to go with, and I heard that's what they were going to do. Because nothing would be cooler than that's why he's unbeatable and why he can defeat the Terminators is because he's actually he's a Terminator. One of them, yeah. I'm going to watch awesome. a Terminator movie one day, have someone walk in. You watching Terminator? Yeah. Have the robots shown up yet? There's robots in that film? Go. <laughs> 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 Anyways, uh, we have an email from Corinne. We're catching up on classics with Corinne. Feed me! Well, because I didn't drop last week's episode yet, um, she wasn't able to find out our decision on what she was supposed to watch. So, hey, nerds. To recap, I'm watching popular movies I'd never seen before and emailing my reviews. This week, Monty Python's Life of Brian. Yay! I know I said last week I'd let you guys pick between The English Patient and The Green Mile, but one, I never heard which ones you picked, (laughs) and two, they're both long movies and I ran out of time and had to pick something shorter. So going into this movie, I knew it was a Monty Python production, obviously, Mm -hmm. and that it was a parody of Bible epics slash passion plays. I think I've seen... The what have the Romans ever done for us and the conjugation slash graffiti scenes. Overall, it was okay. I really enjoyed the first half. I laughed out loud at the stoning scene. And considering (laughs) I'm not one for gallows humor, that says a lot. And I laughed so hard at the Caesar Augustus memorial sewer, I had to pause the movie. (laughs) But once it takes up the Brian as as the Messiah angle, I definitely felt there were parts of it that would be offensive to Christians. Yeah, that's that's the point. (laughs) Granted, I'm sure that's what the creators were going for, but I wasn't a fan. Also, there were a few instances of nudity, which I wasn't expecting, and it wasn't really necessary. And I felt that Pilati and Biggest Dickus lisp thing goes on for too long. (laughs) So much so that it lost all of its steam. By comparison, the cleric and the princess bride doesn't have as many lines and is far more hilarious. Sometimes fair. <laughs> sometimes in comedy, less is more. Um, but it's Monty Python. <laughs> Their bread and butter is going too far. Hey, Python gonna Python. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, a mixed bag for me. Um, as I said, there were parts of it I really enjoyed. And while it is true that there are a lot of people during Christ's time who claim to be the Messiah here, I felt there were they were just going to make it fun of... I felt like they were just going to make fun of Christians. On the whole, I think The Holy Grail is a better and funnier movie. As is Blazing Saddles, since I just watched that a few weeks ago. Monty Python's Life of Brian, 3 out of 5 stars. P.S. Now I've got Always Look on the Bright Side of Life stuck in my head. I uh, I love I fucking love Life of Brian more than any of those three. That's, yeah. it's a, I, 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 I'm, I've never been a Monty Python fan. I, I think most of their stuff's super overrated. Um, I just I just can... Some of it's funny, just like she said, and and you know me, I don't I, I don't get offended by stuff, so it's the the, the Christianity angle doesn't offend me. Um, I just don't think they're that funny. It's and, an acquired taste. It's not, it's not for everybody. My dad, my dad's not a fan. He and understands. See, and, and I like I, so I like the actors too separately, like John Cleese and all that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just their troop for some reason, I just can't get into them. Yeah, I've never watched the show, but uh, it's all on Netflix. Holy, yeah, uh, but Holy Grail is I, I I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all right. Um, what did you guys tell her to watch? Green Mile or English Patient? I say Green Mile because well, I say Green Mile too because I think English Patient is garbage. But... Yeah, unanimous. I say Green Mile. Okay, for next week, I will watch either the Green Mile or the English Patient, <laughs> whichever you picked last week, unless you want to switch. Because she did send me a message about it. I said, like, "Oh, I didn't know you were picking one." Um, I told her that the Green Mile is long and good, and the English Patient is long. 
<laughs> she likes Colin Firth a lot, and he is good in that movie. <laughs> English Patient's a good movie. It's just it's it's in that time where just because it was a um, a Miramax film, yeah, it was just champion Miramax. Miramax. Sa- yeah. Miramax saved that film. That's how Bar- Bob and Harvey got their uh, reputation among the awards the award circuit. It was so because it's they just saved hard that film. because it's whether in Shakespeare in Love, I really like the film. But there's so many better movies that year, and uh, oh yeah, I know we talked about one of them. It's number five in the top ten of 1998. <laughs> not as good as a faculty, <laughs> but... not as good. As, no, obviously Josh Hartnett stabbing John Stewart in the head with a pen is better than the T Day sequence. <laughs> no. Um. Anyways, uh, Brad, is there something to do around town this week? His life is there empty is. when oh. there's nothing to do around town. <laughs> The drive-in is closed. It's snowing on the ground. He just wants to go home and play his records and listen to that scratchy sound. Oh, Brad around town. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. I should be in the Bare Naked Ladies. I can improv songs so well. <laughs> Bradley Brad Brad. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that Ryan Frost in the front row? Come on stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. We need you to create a new song for the uh, Bare Naked Ladies, Chicky Ryan. the China, the Chinese chicken. That's our song, uh, you piece of shit. <laughs> Get off stage. <laughs> Throw them back off. <laughs> I love you guys. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, they throw me off. They'll be like Sean of the Dead where that dude decides he's just going to go out and I just get ripped in parts. <laughs> That's better than mine. Mine was just thinking Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Principal Bear. Ah! <laughs> this week at the Esquire, uh, the midnight movie is Mandy. So if you didn't get to catch that limited run mm-hmm. at the Alamo, you have a midnight. You guys didn't really instill me with passion to see that film. You don't need it. I think. Uh, because we know you. <laughs> I think you just need to know it. So, so it's at it's at Redbox. So a dollar. 29 that's when it's worth it for you <laughs> that's a I think. that's a fair sacrifice <laughs> all right <laughs> i had no problem spending 12 on it because i enjoyed it but you know it's not for everyone it's not going to be for everyone but if you you possibly want to like lull yourself to sleep like that's, <laughs> that's a good dollar spent uh <laughs> if you want to lull yourself to sleep to that demonic johannes johan music uh which i guess it was his final score actually um before his death last year so mm-hmm. if you if you have an so you're saying mandy is so shitty it killed the it's not shit. Yes, it killed the composer of Arrival. <laughs> it's not shitty. It's just, it's it's a very specific taste. Like I was going to say, if you have an insatiable bloodlust and you want to, oh. if you, you're looking for some creative kills, you haven't, oh. yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's what, oddly enough, entertained me enough in the movie. <laughs> like, it's brutal. Like, I mean, there's that chainsaw fight. <laughs> have just, you ever seen it, a chainsaw a, this long? It's just a chore to get there. Yeah, it's, it's so slow. Like, Richard yeah. Brake in that movie, man. Hmm. Yeah, he plays the the doctor in that one scene where he goes like to that lab to visit him, like because he's going down the rake. But that's the guy from Thirty One who is the standout in Thirty One. Thirty One's garbage. Well, yeah, but Richard Brake's character in Thirty One is pretty interesting to watch. Um, by the time this airs, the Denver Film Festival will be over, so I guess you missed that. Um, open screen night returns for a final open screen night, Showdown. November twenty seventh. So um, don't submit early. Just bring them to the theater uh, with $5, and we'll play everything we get until it's over. And then we'll have a funeral for open screen night. 
Sweet. Are you going to have a casket? Yeah. You're going nice. to set the casket on fire? We are. Nice. <laughs> oh, really? We have a big projection screen, so I'm going to project flames behind oh. the casket <laughs> after I bring a torch out on uh, stage. I was, was, was going to be like, wow, Alex is letting you do some crazy shit in the theater. <laughs> no, I don't want to risk bringing down the bug. <laughs> Uh, after all the work we've done to keep it open. Brad! Um, and then we're kind of organizing a Real Nerds Black Friday. So mm-hmm. I, we'll f- tell you more about that. But Why in the you, next few episodes. Maybe tell the host of Real Nerds <laughs> about it. Oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, it already happened. <laughs> uh, I was missing someone like staying up. Well, like You should totally shop local, by the way. But uh, <laughs> we grew up like spending black friday evenings like bumming around colorado mills mall mm-hmm. um and black uh best buy actually has some really awesome deals this year especially on 4k blu-rays and regular blu-rays mm-hmm. so zach was wanting to do black friday and i was like oh i want to do it too so i was like oh we should just make it an event um so we'll tr- we're trying to put something together that's yeah. like hey come hang out with us nice yeah stay yeah, up all night yeah or most of the night i don't know I'm 36 now. <laughs> it's not as easy to probably just walk around Best when Buy and fall into a pile of PlayStations. Home from Montana. It was like four in the morning. I, I, I think I drove through like fields and stuff. I don't know. You get to a point you don't even remember what you're doing. Just, just any time I see Brad starting to sleep, I'll be like, "Wake up, old man!" Just imagine you like Homer on The Simpsons, like you just fade into like the car rising up and then like, turn into a bed, and then or you're actually like dragging a bunch of what's that Family Guy you. joke where he's like, uh, where Peter drives home drunk and he's, uh, and then he gets home in the morning and he's watching the news and it says someone ran over these kids and, and the playground is like, "I was there," and you look out to his car and there's like blood and like. <laughs> the playground everywhere, which, you know, I got really <laughs> depressed. I um, pre-ordered season 16, 17 or whatever on Amazon, and they sent me an email saying they can't fulfill the order. Yeah, they it must del- be a Best Buy exclusive. No, I think they delayed 16 again. Uh, when you click on Best Buy, it still comes out in December, and the cover art was different than the one Amazon had. <laughs> Anyways, it makes me sad. They just made me think of the time uh, Peter's driving drunk and he like steps into the car, but you can't see the floor. So he's like, <laughs> you see all these beer cans <laughs> being hit by his feet. Yeah. Peter Griffin. Yep. And that's what's going on around town. <laughs> uh, movies are coming out on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. And Zach has them up. So we're going to yep. turn it over to Zach and he's going to tell us about which movies are coming out. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Thank you, Ryan. Um, uh, so right off the bat, uh, Criterion's putting out some like a hot. Uh, I know we're all fans of that oh, film. It's a great so, film. So yeah, if you want to uh, uh, revisit that classic film, you can go ahead and uh, and you can go to Barnes and Noble. All Criterion's are half off for the month of November. They are. And did that, you hear Princess Bride yet? Yes, I saw what you were saying. By the way, um, about the Princess Bride with the thing on the back. Mine wasn't as bad as yours because you warned me. So uh, was, so the glue wasn't over your letters? It was, but I took my pinky and I slid it like really slowly across. And so only the last part of the U is like faded. It's not like I didn't rip up the whole letter. Because if you didn't tell me, I would have been like I do with every... Just rip it Just right rip off. it off. Yeah. <laughs> What'd well, you get me? <laughs> like I saw it happening. So halfway through, I was like, oh, but it didn't help. So I'm, I'm surprised that yours... If it's going slower and like more at an angle, I guess. Yeah, well, I, you you warned me, <laughs> and I mean, 
I provide a service on this podcast. You do. <laughs> and I, you know, because it was weird, though, because, you know, I got it shipped to me from Amazon. And, like, the glue was, like, really hard, too. Like, uh, probably been freezing in a truck somewhere. Yeah. Or it's just some dude at whoever puts together Criterion's packaging's like, man, whatever. Fuck these people. <laughs> but the, 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 um, actual, um, physical thing is really awesome. Like, the cloth book and, yeah, online and it didn't suggest there was a cloth. I thought it was yeah. one of those plastic cases. So yeah, it's really it's inspired to make it like a book. Yeah. Um, Every once in a while. Um also, um in the uh flashback front, uh all the Rambo movies are on four K now. Um so well, except can, for the except for the, one, yeah. Yeah, it's a two thousand eight one, yeah. Um but yeah, you can pick those up. Uh on the new front though, uh the Meg is the big release Sweet. of the week. Uh getting that in blue oh, ring. Literally. <laughs> It's a Megalodon Blu-ray thing. Um, also, uh, Star Trek... I don't know if that shark's wearing a wire. <laughs> uh, I, I was surprised. I, 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 I didn't pre-order that, because I'm hoping it's a Black Friday sale. I don't look. I think it might be. Okay. Um, I, I, should, I should collect all those deals and do a report next week. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're hard to follow. Yeah. Well, like The ad is like they condense some of them, but yeah. if you read next to it, it's like 80 titles. So then you yeah. click on it, and then it has the whole list. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, That's how many titles they have, like in the Blu-ray section of Best Buy now. <laughs> yeah, like that Matrix trilogy set's going to be twenty bucks. Oh shit! Yeah. Thanks for telling me. Uh, but yeah, also, also uh, Star Trek Discovery season one is going to be on Blu-ray. So uh, cool. Now and I a can steal book at Best Buy. Oh wow, sweet! So then I can pick it up and watch it that way instead of giving CBS all access money. To they should just call it CBS platform. Star Trek because every CBS time I Trek. <laughs> I know they have like they have a new Star Trek show coming out. They're doing like, another show, and then they have the shorts and. Don't but they you're have... buying the Blu-ray, so you're just looking at the money, Zach. Yeah, but it, it technically goes. <laughs> but to... But then the... you always have it, though. I have yeah. Jessica Jones on Blu-ray because of that. Yeah, so that's that's cool. Um, on more of the uh, nostalgia front, uh, the Jerk Shout Select is coming out. Um, but I thought that was coming out later, so that's cool. Uh, get it earlier. Uh, Screen Factory is putting out Single White Female, <laughs> uh, which uh, I heard them talking about it on the the Shockwaves podcast, yeah. and that. I've Isn't never a seen a hit. I remember it being a, like a pretty big deal when it came out. I don't know because it definitely came out before I would have been aware of it. But I've heard I've heard this name before only because they make a joke about it in the first episode of The Critic. Um, but I've never seen the movie, so I'd be it interested stinks. In, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, the movie's actually not that bad. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna probably check that out. Um, I always wait till like stuff like that from Scream Factory. I wait till they have their fifty percent off sale, mm-hmm. which they'll probably have pretty soon. Yeah, um, because their, their thing is you. If you order from them, they will send it to you two weeks early. However, you do have to pay the like seven bucks for shipping. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I, and I, sometimes I, stuff gets back ordered. I ordered a trick or treat when it came out because I canceled mine on Amazon because I still wanted thirty five dollars for it. Were they having a fulfillment issue? Because you, you you wouldn't have been alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. They so <laughs> I got full moon high when I ordered it with it because it was like buy one get one fifty percent off, mm-hmm. and um, they shipped me full moon high like in a day. But then freaking Trick or Treat didn't come until like three days ago. Mm. Took almost a month. And I they sent me an email saying it, it's one of their most popular titles. Yeah. And they, so they had to like I mean, create more. They're like any company. They're not above having any shipping no, issues. I don't, I don't really give a shit as long yeah. as I get it. And they're nice people. Yeah. No, I agree. Fantastic. Um, also on the shout front, uh, Dances with Wolves is getting a steelbook release. And they actually packed this version of Dances with Wolves with know, new shit. I, I have Dances with Wolves. I'm pretty sure I got it for like two bucks. But you probably only have the director's cut. Exactly. And you... I'm like, man, I kind of want to see just the theatrical because the director's cut. And it's a, I really like the film. 
I think the director's cut is almost four hours long. Yeah, this, that's a commitment to sit through a film. <laughs> well, this new release apparently does have the theatrical. It cut, does. So. I was looking at, and it's a steel book too. And it's a cool steel book. Yeah. Um, also on the new front though, uh, Mile Twenty Two with Mark Wahlberg. Um, you can get that movie if you didn't. I ran twenty two miles. <laughs> if I go to twenty three, we get a sequel. Um, he was a single father <laughs> running a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. I just got to get to the end. You guys don't understand. You don't understand. I got to go the extra mile. And then 21 more. <laughs> An assassin killed his child at mile 22. <laughs> I like him when he's with Peter Berg, though. <laughs> um, I still haven't seen that uh, Deepwater Horizon movie yet, but I do want to watch it. Um, um, the uh, Bogart and Bacall collection of four films is getting a full-on Blu-ray release, which is nice because oh. they've only had the individual titles avail- available on uh, Warner Archive. So, Bogart, that's um, a one suave motherfucker. I know. You're damn right. Not as suave as, you know, Cary Grant, but still a great actor. Well, they're different beasts. Cary Grant's, like, sophisticated and charming. And funny. Bogart's a rough, tough He's rough. son he of smokes. a gun. <laughs> yes, I do, Ryan. I do. Grant <laughs> uh, a... does too. You realize that when you watch movies from the forties and they're you know, smoking all 30s, over the fucking place. 40s, it's just, I'm pretty sure there's just someone walking around with cigarettes all in his mouth, and it's all it's it's all to balance out the uppers and downers that the studio is feeding them to stay awake. <laughs> I, I am having lots of fun watching those old movies though because it, it's movies they would never make again mm-hmm. because it's it, a lot of them have to deal with status. Yeah, it's a classist. It's a yeah. class thing. Yeah, it's it's fun. Well, the, and that was the big topic of the day at the time, like the the Great Depression, the rich versus the poor. Oh yeah, you, you got to, you know. Which, I mean, in Holiday, all Cary Grant wanted to do was live his life to the fullest. Yeah, which you still kind of have those films. Catherine Hepburn wanted to live with him. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to pick that up. Um, on the new front, also is Alpha, that wolf movie. I don't fucking. Um, I heard it's actually not too bad, and I, I think the director's pretty good director i thought it had a really good opening weekend and yeah just uh yeah it mostly cost like 50 million to make too jeez mm, um and then finally the crown season two is uh coming to blu-ray um i haven't watched it yet i've heard it's great claire foy's uh plays the queen in those seasons and whatnot so i'm i'm definitely gonna check it out because i loved yeah, it you know, i wasn't interested that interested because I, I really like the girl with the dragon tattoo but the girl that in the spider's web or whatever the fuck it's called. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'll see it. But then I heard, read that Fidi Alvarez is directing it. I said, I should probably see that movie. Yeah. yeah. That's why I thought we were going to do it this week, but then no. overlord. And I was like, ah, uh, yeah, no. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, and school days, uh, Spike Lee's second or third film is getting a Blu-ray release. Finally. That's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, that's Blu-rays. Awesome. Unspool that reel of movie news. <laughs> It's real news. That that's what happens when the reel is done spinning. Uh, I know what they do. <laughs> just a quick shout out to um You're winning. Oh fuck! <laughs> That'll change. Um, uh, uh Scott Derrickson. He was he's a Denver native and his house burned down in the Malibu fire. Mm-hmm. That stuff's bad. Yeah. So all those people out there affected get to safety. Homes can be replaced. You cannot. Um, what a way to segue in because um, uh, one of the things in the news is uh, yes, and please SoCal residents, uh, please stay safe. Yes. Um, the uh, uh, Paramount Ranch, um, which was a location for hundreds of thousands of media products, uh, burned down in the That's fire. Sad. Which sucks. Like that's where you got Gunsmoke, Okay, Corral. I hate when history. I'm sure they have good insurance though. 
Yeah, but oh, you can't yeah. replace the history. Yeah. No, yeah, no. It's well, it's it's similar to when like MGM had their fire and whatnot, and then like you you lose a bit of history and but, stuff. Again, you can always rebuild. Every studio you can't replace people. I think the only studio that's never really had a fire is Warner Brothers, um, and maybe Disney. But like Universal's had one, MGM's had one, Paramount's had one. RKO didn't have one; they just went out of business. Um, they had a fire sale. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 ah, hey. Smarter than me, damn it! Um, but yeah, no, and that. and that, uh, and also within that news, also like Guillermo del Toro, apparently his fucking house, he had to be evacuated. So. Yeah, just get out. Yeah, no, um, yeah, and just, it just safe. fucking sucks. Um, on to more traditional news. Uh, Harrison Ford doesn't want Chris Pratt to be Indiana Jones. Wow. Um, he, uh, yeah, he just. Well, I mean, I guess he's still being Indiana Jones. I guess until he wasn't <laughs> want to be Indiana Jones. The, the quote is, "I think it's him or me." <laughs> so I hope they fight to the death. <laughs> That'd be sweet if Chris Pratt was a villain in it. Ooh, I like that. I don't know. I, you mean, I... someone's running around impersonating Indiana Jones and smearing oh, shit. his name, <laughs> like Mysterio does to Spider Man. <laughs> um, we got a copycat on our hands. <laughs> no, um, it, that's. I get where he's coming from. I mean, eventually he's going to have to come with terms that they're eventually going to redo it. I mean, they recast Solo. So, yeah. Um, but I still want to see him as Indiana Jones. Mm. Um, uh, remember... Just wheeling her out of nursing home. Yeah. Trying to find the Holy Grail. That'd be awesome. We found it, Indy. It's, it, that happened a while ago. You just have dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones and the dementia. Indiana Jones and Shutter Island. <laughs> Um, oh shit! We're getting a lot of emails about dementia right now. Uh, they'll <laughs> forget. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're canceled. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the podcasting community said no more. Um, uh, Filmstruck, the uh, uh, streaming service that was doing the Criterion Collection and a couple of other things with uh, Warner Media, um, was the plug was pulled on it, and so it's going to be ending by the end of the year, I believe. Uh, but there's petitions out there to save it, uh, with Barbara Streisand and Guillermo del Toro pushing for uh, it to not go away. Um, I always, every time I hear something's dying streaming wise, I think of when Mario dies in Donkey Kong, where it goes. And then you just hug all your Blu rays. Yeah, I'm like, oh, look at me. I can watch Woman of the Year whenever I want. You say that now, and then you're going to, like, Laura's going like, to say, like, all my files are gone, and this is what happened. I pay more, but I have them all the time. Yep. <laughs> oh, man, what can I do? They took movies off Netflix. Oh, I don't know. Go over to my wall and pick it up and watch it. <laughs> just use that no, noise. No, then it's just that one up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. Um, I wish we were still making skits. <laughs> uh, it's... You know, the whole argument comes down to like trying to. You're we're digitizing these older films to so that there are they are archived in the current backup format, but you know, reasonably they need a place to exist, uh, unless of course you're talking about Amazon purchasing them like two ninety nine a piece. But I, I got to be honest, like if they were going to uh, keep that service around, they needed to change their players and update their site because I tried Filmstruck and. That player didn't fucking work, and I, everything's updated on my computer. So they need to they need to figure that out if they're gonna keep it. But it sounds like Warner Media has already uh, said what they're gonna do. It you got to make money off it. That's another thing too, and I think Criterion's bread and butter is always gonna be their physical media. It's never gonna have any impact on their streaming capability. 
Um, Avengers Four is three hours long, so uh, yes, it, uh, currently Good. not long enough. Good. <laughs> um, That's what she said. Yeah, Russo, Anthony Russo, one of the Russos said uh, the running time is four hours or at three hours. We'll see if that holds. So, do you think Criterion will jump to four K? Blu-rays. I don't know oh. if they can afford to. That's what I'm wondering. I mean, you think they would because if they're trying to always provide the best version of a movie out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But it'd be expensive to. It is. There's some films. I mean, like I've, I have some older ones on 4K, and some of them look really good. The other ones, like Jurassic Park, isn't that much better. I think ultimately, though, dude, like they they they're expensive as it is. They put 4K discs in there, they start getting out of control, ridiculous expensive. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, I guess Criterion's are already what thirty five, forty bucks. That's a minimum. Like, so, like but if, that's also the price of like Blu-rays when they first dropped in the scene too. So, like, but even when you get, but some of these are ones that you probably already own on Blu-ray anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I also own them on DVD. So, yeah. and even when they. Drop prices of Criterion's. I think the cheapest I've ever seen, I've ever gotten a Criterion, was seventeen dollars for Night of the Living Dead. Mm. And that was because it was on. There was a sale going on, right? No, because I think it, so many people bought it that when oh, Amazon they, shipped it, yeah, they just brought it down. Still less uh, than a Disney movie sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, but here's hoping they find some way to put all those classic films. You know what you do? Give them all to me. I'll curate it. I've yes. got nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> so um bear with me because i didn't see this piece of news until literally today so i haven't had a chance to go oh, through it all fucker. um the breaking bad movie uh vince gilligan's doing a, a a jesse pinkman movie about what happens to him after breaking bad's over um th- that's all i'm really seeing out here like the, yeah i think that's all they really have right now the, yeah the, that's the, an announcement that may not even happened so yeah i i don't know like i i kind of like the way it ended yeah. and he Never tells him it. figure it out for yourself and then i guess i should watch it as blazing. watching an interview with rod stewart and he says it's the greatest show he's ever seen it is really you've good. never watched it really mm-hmm. oh no, it's great in the early episodes he was really opposed to like uh, everyone's watching and they say how great it is but like <laughs> i'm not doing it yeah it's like when, when harry potter came out like fuck harry potter and fuck his <laughs> wizarding broom <laughs> <laughs> Did you win? <laughs> and now I'm like Harry Potter. <laughs> fuck that. There's dork. no Wizarding one World. Better. Sign me up. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that four-eyed dork and his stupid cleaning yeah. device. <laughs> yeah. Then cut to two weeks later. Fuck Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter's the real villain. <laughs> fuck Voldemort. Stupid no-nose person. Him. <laughs> How dare he not have a nose? Um, I'm guessing Walter Wright will probably be flashback sequences. Or is it, I, or if it's a prequel, I don't know. Or I'm gonna pitch Zombie Cranston. Well, uh, I'll give you a prequel because uh, spoilers, starts. he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what did you think would happen to the science teacher who became a drug kingpin? <laughs> He's gotta die. Um, but um, and finally, um, Once Upon a Deadpool, which sounds like a fun little thing, even though it's gonna be less offensive. I'm interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to see it. So that poster is pretty adorable, though. Well, I think it's just the same movie, but they're because just they're, different takes. It's, it's, well, they're doing the Princess Bride wraparound, like, wraparound. <laughs> yeah. So um, you'll probably lose a couple scenes, but you'll gain Deadpool and Fred Savage. Like, yeah. If nothing else, we get this great poster artwork of Fred Savage and Deadpool riding a reindeer. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, 
My only question will be if they keep a certain joke in that version because it's not a filthy joke, so it'd be awesome. Um, that is news. Uh, Disney announced that they're going to have Disney streaming. It's called Disney+. Plus. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is going to be in a Loki show and a bunch of other things, and they're going to have break it up in different areas. There's going to be a Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, Disney, and then Classics. Hmm. Um, price that? point is going to be about 9 bucks. I think... I mean, that seems pretty reasonable to me. We'll have to see what they come out with. Because right now I pay five bucks for Shudder. And I'm like, I mean, you've got the Fox catalog. You've got the Disney oh, yeah. catalog. You've got Marvel, Star Wars. It's huge. Yeah. But again, oh. it's, they're going to have to sell me on their what I can't get. Because right now, I mean, I'll still always get physical copies. Like I have every animated film except for um, Brother Bear. <laughs> <laughs> not that I, it's not available. I just yeah. I keep on waiting for it to be like ten bucks. Well, now Disney's finally dipping their toes in the 4K. So Lion King's the first one that they're going to do. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I missed the Blu-ray cycle. I'm just going to yeah. skip right over. Well, to I don't think 4K. they're going to put them all on 4K though, because they don't even put all their movies. Like Winnie the uh, Christopher Robin's not coming out on 4K. Yeah, cool. Because it came out. I saw it on the shelves, and it was only Blu-ray. I was like, what the hell? Really? Christopher Robin came out. When did that come out? Last week. Yeah, last <laughs> week. Know. Yeah. I've been so busy. But the, yeah. like I. I've seen the movie. I love it. It it would look great in 4K. That's that's really odd. That's yeah. a new movie. Yep. Um, probably because it didn't. It did not do that and well I'm gonna, at the box office. I'm gonna, to be honest. Yeah, it did make like hundred million bucks. Yeah, but it's not what it's not their. It's um, not gargantuan. I'm interested to see the Lion King um, 2D animation in 4K. I don't know what the big difference is going to be. I'm gonna have to I'll have to read. Maybe hopefully they'll have it like at Best Buy in one of their. Scar reaches out and scratches you from the screen. That's what happens. Oh, um, we didn't mention it last week because it's not on anyone's list, but Stranger Things Season 2 came out um, at Target. Yeah, and the VHS, like, cool box sets. Yeah, it's really sweet. Nice. Um, The 4K was hard to get in stores, so I just ordered online, but Mm. the Blu-ray is out. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's a pretty sweet set, but it didn't get a lot of hype. No. Hmm. I think the same thing with Season 1. They kind of just put it out. Yeah, I just I just found it in the store when mm. I saw it, but yeah. I can't believe I missed that Hiddleston Loki show. That's that's cool. Yeah. So does that mean he's probably coming back in the movie? Well, I or mean, you a can prequel know, show. You can always do prequels. I right. Mean, yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a hint that he's coming back. In. I want to think uh, they learned their lesson. I honestly <laughs> think I'd be shocked if ninety eight percent of them didn't come back. Someone who's going to stay dead. Um, They're all coming back as scrolls. <laughs> Secret Invasion. <laughs> That'd be a great freaking Marvel movie. Yeah. Anyways, we also watch movies throughout the week in a segment we call We Watch Movies. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Zach, what did you watch this week? Uh, not a whole lot, actually. I've just been binging Mystery Science Theater 3000 because Brad and I are going to the live show on uh, Tuesday. Oh, nice. Oh, shit, I'm going to the live show on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, but I was rewatching them. Uh, I've actually been watching a lot of Mike, later Mike ones, uh, with Pearl Forrester and not, uh, Clayton Forrester. Um, and those are, those are still fun. Um, Space Mutiny is the silliest one I saw of the bunch. Uh, I hadn't watched it in a while and that, that thing's pretty ridiculous. Uh, and, uh, Fugitive Aliens also pretty, uh, bonkers i like it when they they're laughing at the movie and not even making jokes sometimes they're just giggling at how ridiculous this is fugitive alien is the one that looks like it was made by a group of renegade filmmakers <laughs> uh and it 
It's it's pretty silly. Did they, they put those out on Blu-ray? Or are they still only on DVD? They're only on DVD except for the new season and the movie, mm. um, which kind of sucks. But because the sets are really expensive too, I don't know what it would do at the end of the day. Ultimately, with oh Blu-ray. no, I get, I get it. I was just curious. Yeah, because it's like it's it's different with the new stuff because that's already shot in HD. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, Future of Alien has like, have you seen, have you seen it in a while at all recently? Oh, no. It, it's like basically like dinosaurs kidnap or cyborgs kidnap dinosaurs and humans from yes. the past and they train the dinosaurs to track down the humans if they don't do work. Man comes down to earth and like it tries to escape the cyborgs and the dinosaurs. And these dinosaur puppets are looking like they came out of a fucking warehouse store like, or like a costume store. And one of the jokes that made me laugh my ass off was like, he was the king of Hollywood. Now Spielberg won't return his calls. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, those are fun. Um, I found a copy of Run Ronnie Run uh, I love that movie. on uh, uh, DVD at work last night. Why so did you trade that in? That's hard to find. Yeah, so I watched it this morning, and uh, that movie's still so fucking funny. Johnny Dobbs, Johnny Dobbs. Not, not <laughs> everything holds up, but I kind of don't care because I love Mr. Show and I love Bob and Dave and what they do. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in forever. Uh, no, the, I can't remember the, anything right now. The, the most problematic thing that I can think of, honestly, is that David Cross. So, like, Ro- Ronnie becomes famous and uh, he's going through the Hollywood party. And Bob Odenkirk's Terry character says, like, hey, I want to introduce you to this kid. He's from the, like, yeah. la- one Johnny last Dobbs, Johnny Dobbs. <laughs> yeah, that, that is one of the more problematic things. Why? But I, but I just. It's He's, funny. Well, he, he, last year he got in trouble for that mock accent. So if you're looking at it from that lens, it's probably the most but it doesn't Remember, matter because it's the asian kid who talks but he's dubbed with david cross and he's voice. got and he's got like super humongous feet yeah. but like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter because that whole movie's intention is to like yeah, is yeah. to is to offend you it's uh, like getting offended when you watch tim and eric's billion dollar movie where they throw the baby in the air and it gets like annihilated <laughs> it's I'm, so stupid it's I'm, I'm just saying i understand how someone could find it that nope. way but i enjoy it um, the, uh, the funniest, uh, one of the funniest things is like when he finally meets the beer, uh, the beer, uh, ad girl, um, and they start developing a relation, uh, a relationship, it just immediately cuts to a music video and it says like the love theme from the motion picture run, Ronnie run on it. And it's just Bob and David doing a bit and, uh, it, oh God, I, I fucking love it. Eventually and then there's a different cut of that. That's pretty insane but they were clashing with a director well they were crashing with the director and uh bob shea um and uh like dave says it's ultimately the film they wrote bob says that the edit could have been better so um but i think the funniest thing and the one that i had completely forgotten because i hadn't watched this film since bueno showed it to me in college but uh is when the film abruptly stops and then they show a cut scene from a Mary Poppins re- uh, musical parody, and it's Jack Black singing about kicker and the c-word, and it's yeah. oh god, it's uh, what you can't say that word. I, I don't like saying that word. Sorry, I don't. We'll see. <laughs> um, also, uh, Patrick Warburton's the head of the gay conspiracy like thing that Ronnie thinks exists, and then it turns out it actually does. Apparently, it's ah oh, god, it's. I'm always down when David Cross does stupid Southern people. Um, it's there's a great shot by the way of um and like granted it's not like super amazing only because like they're shooting it with a handheld camera but that first scene when they're first arresting ronnie in the film they go that's super well choreographed like going back and forth back and forth throughout this entire house 
never misses a beat. Like it's, I don't know how long they would have taken to show, shoot that. I guess given the fact that it's supposed to be handheld cam, you can kind of get away with certain things and cut corners. But it's fucking, it looks beautiful even on DVD. So, um, it's it's a pretty ambitious shot for a film that probably costs like, I don't know, like a box of cookies to make. So, um. And uh, that scene where they're all at the party and they have a bunch of celebrities, uh, like Trey Parker, Matt Stoner in that movie, and Trey Parker's just got a ferret in the wheelchair, a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but I, I like Trey Parker, Matt Stoner in it, and Trey Parker's just got a fucking ferret in his arms <laughs> for no fucking reason. He's just like, yeah, show business rules. Um, so yeah, um, if you haven't seen Run Ronnie Run? I'd check it out. I think it's on Prime actually too for like a buck ninety nine, so you can just watch it there. Uh, and then I rewatch Halloween again in the theater. Um, I still love that fucking movie. It's pretty fucking great. I don't really have... Oh, God. I, I, you know, like, I I mean, I get why some people don't like it, and that's fine. You're okay to not like a movie and whatnot, but I I just don't see where people are coming from on that. Like, I I don't know what they were expecting, so... Oh, you must be the new Dr. Loomis. (laughs) Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the point. They're making fun of the fans who have expectations. (laughs) Um, but anyway, yeah, and that's what I've been watching this week. I wonder what it must be like. <laughs> I want to kill. <laughs> yeah, to feel the rush of murdering someone. That's every obsession. Yeah, we have the actor in here. <laughs> <laughs> was it a rush when you got <laughs> cast in the film? It was. So I've been waiting all my life to play this one role. I remember said, "So that's what it feels like." <laughs> Say something, Brad. <laughs> Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, what did I watch this week? Uh, so I finally uh, pulled the Garbage Pail Kids off the shelf. Oh, and oh watched snap. that for the first time. The Scream Factory version? Or yeah. Just... Dude, how did this get made inspire you to do that? It inspired me to buy it, but uh, <laughs> it, it was only now I was like, I should crack into that one. Um, it was like, I bought Swamp Thing, the first, the original, original Captain America movie. Robot jocks, uh, and yeah, garbage pill kids I haven't got to yet. So, um, yeah, that mo- movie's weird. Like I expected it to be gross, but it's really just kind of dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the the characters are gross, but the plot is they get released from a garbage can that a magician, like a guy who runs a magic shop, is like imprisoning them in, mm-hmm. and they escape, and then doesn't know how they were imprisoned there in the first place, so he has to, like, research the spell to put them back in. <laughs> like, you forgot it? Um, He's and not then, a very good magician, okay? Yeah. He's not David Copperfield. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I, I couldn't tell if it was his kid or someone else's kid, but he, like it, it felt like a very Marty McFly, Doc Brown relationship. I gotta um, tell you, Doc, I don't know how they got out of this garbage <laughs> pill. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and that kid has a crush on, like, an older girl who hangs out with a bunch of Biff Tannen groupie. Yes. There's a lot of Back to the Future style. I haven't seen this movie in years. I don't remember it. Yeah, and actually it comes out in 87, so they probably did like, hey, Back to the Future's popular. It's like ape all their stuff. (laughs) Now make like a garbage pail kid. Get out of here. Yeah, but she's an asshole who (laughs) makes uh, like custom clothes and sells them to girls who go to clubs. Mm -hmm. And the kid just like fawns at her every whim and like, oh, I'll help you do this. Um, And then... Well, at first he he like wants to like be cool and hang out with her, and then he gets the garbage pail kids like they make him cool clothes, and then he wears them and she's all impressed and like hey, and then he lies that he made them so she's like hey, can you make me more of these so I can sell them? He's like yeah, anything for you, 
and then the garbage pail kids turn into a sweatshop. <laughs> um, and they just oh, make. Oh, <laughs> they make... Let that be a lesson to you guys: don't lie to women. That that's a deep cut of Coop walking basketball. In, yeah, basketball <laughs> walking into. <laughs> Uh, yeah um yeah so they they make the the clothes and then you know he finds out that she's really just kind of using him and then got the garbage kill pale kids oh yeah there's this uh there's an like an asylum for ugly people so oh shoot i forgot i have to go back home guys biff tannen is in his groupies like alert the government of that town that there's ugly people like these garbage pail kids and they should be imprisoned and then Biff Tannen's groupies go capture them and then the magician and Marty McFly have to go break them out and yeah that's the movie I'm like that is not the plot that I would have expected from a Garbage Pail Kids movie this has like one of the lowest ratings (laughs) I've ever seen on IMDB and the opening credits the opening credits are a garbage can floating through space like a satellite and then the lid will open up and the cards will just fall out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and introduce the and it goes on for like an hour. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> Any uh Dave Matthews Dave Matthew there? fans out there? <laughs> no. Circa two thousand two? No, not circa then, not circa ever. <laughs> it crash can. Crash <laughs> uh, Yeah. So that's the garbage pill kids. I'm gonna put on my Instagram bio now. Uh, Institute at the Ugly Asylum. <laughs> yeah, as they float through space, they crash into me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the band riding the trash can of space. <laughs> um, I got my Batman animated series Blu-ray. Oh, um, hot damn! They look great, although they didn't clean up any of the dust on the cells, so there's a lot of flickering. I, I know it more Thrust. on the title cards. Yeah. Like, the only thing they cleaned up is that one little white spot on Batman's face in the opening credits. <laughs> but, yeah, like, there's there's tons of, like, hairs and white dots on everything else that, like, flicker back and forth because the cells are changing. Yeah, man, all this looks good. What the fuck is that I white spot? I <laughs> what, what I like about watching them is the colors are way, way more vivid. And it's sharp. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's sharper. Mm-hmm. I, I can live with the flex and stuff. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's a testament to how, like how the clarity is like it shows you like that level of detail like the dvds were just kind of muddy yeah but if i can see like the hairs on the cells like mm-hmm. yeah it's a little annoying but it's like that's how like what it actually looks like there's no digital yeah. noise reduction although it feels like the letters are probably like a little because they're a little, a little more bit. rounded than yeah. sharp so but still it's a great set oh yeah although it's, that it exists is yeah, impressive. I never thought they'd ever get around to like upgrading that because I didn't. I thought the DVDs didn't sell well, but yeah. clearly the Blu-rays sold so well that they have to make more. Yeah, I was gonna ask if they were still available because I haven't had a chance to get them yet. Uh, no, I I, I got mine from the Warner Brothers shop directly, so I, I'm pretty sure that's a good way to go. Best Buy is still sold out, so yeah, I saw one at Walmart when I was there last week. Mm. I think Amazon released a new link for sets so and i think mine's they're numbered i think mine's like sixty nine thousand. so it's yeah. pretty close to the end of the run so i i pre-ordered it the day it was available on amazon and mine was forty six thousand. wow <laughs> although i'm sure like they're not like oh the first guy I ordered gets number one. Oh, yeah like, they don't care yeah. i always wanted to be that guy though the closest <laughs> i ever got was remember those disney tins i got yeah. oh uh, the treasures yeah for i think uh making a living color i got 27 
That's like the closest I ever got to number one. That's pretty good. We, we <laughs> yeah. lifting it up going, <gasps> well, yeah, because you know, because I, I used to get them at Best Buy. Um, How much have they the number then? on the, like, like the little oh. thing that wrapped around them? Yeah. Um, was it like 30, 30 bucks? bucks? Like yeah, 30 to 40? Yeah. Like 30 bucks. aren't that bad. I mean, now. <laughs> but, oh, uh, but see, if I worked at Disney and I was, you know, like Bob Iger, I'd be like, uh, I get number one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's both a good and bad idea okay. that you don't Actually, work they, pro- there. <laughs> they probably do have a box that like they have like a company release party oh, yeah. and so everyone yeah in that party gets one through Wait, why is it good that I didn't work there it should be awesome <laughs> no, no, it, it's good that you would work there because like it would make you happy and you're a fan and whatnot it'd probably be bad because you'd never get anything done no. <laughs> I want more Mickey cartoons you know what they should Ryan, do you're costing us so much money <laughs> What they should do for 4K is release all those sets as like one collection and put it on the Disney uh, rewards thing. Oh it's yeah, like a awesome. Twenty thousand point thing. Yeah, but if they're gonna, as re- soon as Ryan was named CEO of the Disney company, he reinstituted the sweat box. <laughs> <laughs> everybody work! Ah, everybody work! <laughs> Only me and Zach get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> there are laws prohibiting this. <laughs> Yeah, but but when, you're you know, a cop, I guess, so you could get around it. No, somehow. no. When you know, the most high quality animated stuff was when Disney was there because he forced them to make it better. Yeah, he'd walk out of that box and you'd think, "Ooh, Disney got laid," but no, no, no. He was busy <laughs> making art. Damn it. Yes. Uh, something I forgot to talk about last week that I saw was the Greasy Strangler. Mm-hmm. Um, from the because I I watched the the an evening with an evening with Beverly Lufflin, which is the same director. Um, the Greasy Strangler, I thought, was also going to be super gross, and it kind of is, but it's more silly like Beverly Lufflin, and it's kind of the same story. Hmm. Um, there's this old man dad and his man, 50-year-old son living together, um, and the dad really likes greasy food, so the son like always makes like everything, like cereal is like just dipped in grease and then at night the dad goes out and like becomes super greasy and murders people how's he strangle people with greasy fingers can they just slip out yeah it seems problematic that's a good question (laughs) but you know stupid (laughs) reality and logic aren't so uh once he's done killing he goes to the car wash and degreases (laughs) oh that's not i thought you're making a joke no, that's real. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's funny. They'll like strangle somebody oh. and then it'll like hard cut to like the, the, the power brushes, washer, like just whipping <laughs> him. It. And he's like screaming, uh, as it happens. And then, uh, you know, he talks to his, the, the blind guy who operates the car wash. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, he and the son also during the daytime, um, hosts like a tour, Los Angeles tour. And then one of the, the, uh, guests from the tour, like the girl falls in love with his son. And they start dating, and then the dad starts hitting on her, and like steals him away from her. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's really weird. And it's like Lufflin, where they're all having like weird conversations, like with weird inflections of just normal tones and stuff. Hmm. Um, and then eventually, um, they end up both killing her, and then they both become greasy stranglers, and then they roam the California hills. Oh, so the murdering people. So it's a biblical allegory. The sins of the father passed on to the son. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like random random stuff happening, but if I I didn't read the Bible, so these guys are the next Cohen brothers, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. So I I thought it was like the previews made it seem like more horror. Yeah. Like just kind of even the name alone. Yeah. And gross, but it's as it's just totally silly. Hmm. It sounds interesting. Oh, and also, 
the dad's nude the whole time, so he has like this giant fake like I don't know, twenty four inch rubber dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, also, uh, <laughs> they're just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, no, just like a ridiculous thing. Uh, as this big 24-inch cock. Zach, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now you all know. Oh, Zach's spacing out. He's thinking about dicks. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love that scene in Borat so much. Yeah, I have Wonder Years things in my uh, head where I'm like, as Brad was talking, all I could think was penis, 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 penis. <laughs> um, that's okay if you like wieners. <laughs> no. Also, I was just uh, looking at us with penises going in there. now. <laughs> Also, Brad saying "old man dad." I was just like, I want to make a Clint Eastwood movie called "Old Man Dad." <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like eighty years old. Like they're living. Again. Yeah, this sounds strange, but uh, I like that trailer for Bufflin, though. I want to watch it. So, yeah, it's weird. Um, and then the last three things I saw were at the Denver Film Festival. Okay. The first being the uh, being Frank, a, the Chris Stevie story. It's. The documentary version of that 2014 Frank movie with Michael oh, Fassbender, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and apparently that movie from 2014 pretty much just like licensed the rights to the face, <laughs> in the head, because <laughs> the documentary is nothing like I saw the movie to, uh, as being. Um, you know, it's it's not a guy like he was in a band, but it's not like this indie band like struggling with like his identity. I mean, metaphorically, yes, but. Uh, Chris Stevie is like a guy who was a big Beatles fan. He wanted to start his own band and he did called the Freshies. Um, but the songs never really took off like the Beatles. Like they had one big hit. Um, but like he just has, he had so much creativity coming out of him. Um, you know, when he was in the band, like he did all these like elaborate promotions and things. And uh, it just seems like he stayed up all night, like drawing his own flyers and stuff. Hmm. Um so he's like this, just the struggling performer inside that just can't break, that just can't break out. Um, so oh wait, Frank, the one where he puts the thing on his head, right? Yeah, Frank Sidebottom. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was trying to put it together in my head. Never yeah. saw the film, but I mean the the image of that big paper mache head always made me yeah. laugh. Mm. Oh, I, saw, I thought you saw the film. So the 2014 film is a guy who's like in a band and he's like he's afraid to show his face because of some trauma, I think with his dad or something like. The finale of the movie is like he tries to go home and reconcile. I've, I've, it's been a while. I've only seen it the one time, but I forget like why he can't go home. But he's wearing the mask because like he's he feels safe in the mask and he can like relate to people in the mask. Uh, that's not anything like Christie's <laughs> story. Like he wants to be seen. Uh, so at, part of promoting the freshies, he decides to do this like paper mache head and get on stage and like it's such a hit that like that personality overshadows his band. Um, and then he like, he gets a TV show or a couple TV shows and you know, he's around England. He's just like this like celebrity, but he, he never takes off the mask. So for a while, no one knew who was actually under there. Um, I forget the name of the town or whatever, but they eventually like erected a, st a statue where it's like bronze body, but it's the paper mache head. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's a sad story because you know, he just, day and night has all these ideas and like these really intricate drawings and stuff like uh, stop motion stuff. Like he just wants to get out there, but um, because he's living the life of Frank Sidebottom more than his real life, um, you know, he devolves into drugs and alcohol um, and then like takes a break from the Frank Sidebottom character. Um, and he doesn't pay his bills like for most of his life. He just, you know, lives off of credit and, uh, 
you know, much like most Renaissance artists, you know, who died penniless. Um, eventually, it takes its toll on him, and he, he passed away in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, it it felt very close to me as like someone who has a lot of stuff that he just wants to create and create and create. But there's all these you know real life things that get in his way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made, it made a cool experience for like his kids growing up because you know they had a very unconventional upbringing. But it was you know it was all it was all fantasy and stuff and mm-hmm. um and then even sadder is so they have like his third kid you know doing testimonials throughout the documentary mm-hmm. um and then the last they they have like in memoriam at the end and last year that uh, son died in a like he was riding his bike and got hit by a car. Um, Damn. so, but he was like, there's a cool story in the middle where like, uh, like shortly after he was born, uh, his, he and his wife split up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he wasn't as around, around as much cause he was doing the Frank Sidebottom persona. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, and then he came by one time and his son's like, you know, or he asked like, what do you want for Christmas? Year? And he's like, I just want you around, you know, for Christmas. And so Christmas morning, his son gets up and walks downstairs and his dad's standing downstairs just wrapped in wrapping paper with a cigarette <laughs> hanging out of his mouth. Um, and he's like, that was the best pre- present he ever gave me. Oh, um, like there's a cigarette hanging out of his wrapped in pin. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. Not even in a box, just like yeah. human form, <laughs> wrapped skin tight in wrapping paper. That'd be that. Uh, if you didn't know that was happening though, and you hadn't no wish for that, that would that be the scariest shit to see as a kid. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. And at first, like I was watching the documentary, and we're like, "This is okay," but once it gets later on towards like the more the dramatic stuff, stuff, yeah, I was like, "It might be my second favorite thing of the the festival so far." Awesome. Um, and then uh, I watched uh, another documentary called Wax Tracks or Industrial Accident: The Story of Wax Tracks, which. I didn't know it was, a, it was a thing. I just thought it was a store downtown. Um, but these two guys started it um, on Ogden Street downtown. It's an indie record shop, uh, and they just you know played all the hard to f- they, they stocked all the hard to find like local stuff. Um, and then they started their own label called Wax Track Records, and it um, you know brought on all these like industrial acts, like uh, Ministry, I guess was something, and then the other ones anyway they started their own label um you know underground label and came really big and like really important to local artists and stuff and uh that's about it (laughs) (laughs) um and then you know as things like most stories like that as things grow and grow and then business takes over it you know it always has the potential for like what happens to tower records kind of thing like where it's just like it, it fails but wax tracks is still around so yeah like their whole mission is just like the, the the big thing uh, was that all these acts that they brought up, they never had any contracts with them because it was all like, you know, we just want to do it for the music. And then, you know, they grew and they started doing concerts and tours and things, but no one was smart with the money. Hmm. So then, you know, once they couldn't afford to keep the store open and the label, they had to sign, they had to like partner up with like actual labels and the actual labels like bled them dry. Um, so the store's still around, uh, obviously in Denver, the Chicago one, I think just moved. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting story, but the interesting part was I didn't know they were gonna have a Q and a at the end. So like 
the director and then four of those people were like in front of me mm-hmm. and they were not good Q&A people because they were all like <laughs> drugged out rock stars. <laughs> so they were just like telling just random stories and people were like, so the director, like, what do you think of this thing? And then so, like one of those guys jump in with like, so this one time with like the owner and like didn't answer the question at all, <laughs> uh, but it was pretty funny. And then the one guy who was known for pulling down his pants and showing his ass to people in the documentary did it like next to my face. <laughs> and so I was, ass face. saw the back of his sack. And uh, oh, God. so yeah. that'll never go away. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And the last thing I saw was uh, a Japanese animation film called uh, <laughs> Violence. What was it? Uh, Violence Voyager, which not anime as you think. It, it's like paper dolls. So it's like thousands and thousands, like each frame of the movie is drawn specifically. It seems like it's drawn specifically for that shot. So there's gotta be like thousands of these paper doll things with like different emotion stuff, but it's kind of like almost like something on a stick being held in front of the camera and they're talking over it, but there's like no mouth moving. It's just like, there's, they're just acting through the positioning and the movements of the paper doll thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so like, it's super weird. Um, this kid goes hiking in the mountains with his friend and they stumble across like an abandoned music amusement park mm-hmm. and the guy who runs it lets them in for free because they're secretly like harvesting kids to turn them into like weird space monsters. Um, and there's like almost like a Tetsuo Akira like turkey that like mm. feeds these like, Does it keep growing or like, like getting South Park episode? Yeah, like getting weirder and weirder, like Tatsuo kind of nonsense. Yeah, so initially, it, like it seems like a fun, like, uh, like the the amusement park is billed as, hey, you, like take these water guns and walk around and shoot the targets as you go, um, and they find like this uh, one kid like lying in the forest uh, unconscious, um, and they try to take her inside to like help her out, and then they all get abducted and, and stripped and like mutilated. Um, so there's like all these like gory scenes of kids getting like their eyes popped out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like that cyber, uh, that Japanese cyberpunk era. Like, it, yeah, but it's all like, you know, painted, painted on paper dolls on toothpick. Like you don't see the sticks, but it's, it, it's just like a toothpick being held up in there, like shaking it and stuff and like mm. acting. Uh, but it's so, the amazing part is it looks so cinematic. Like, if the mouths were moving, it would probably be more engaging. Um, but it, it's just so weird. I, I did kind of nod off towards the finale. So at one point, I don't, I didn't figure out how the hero of the movie got turned into one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then came back to like <laughs> help his, like free his friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a monkey sidekick and then his cat, Derek. <laughs> and, and a bat and a bat that they rescued in the forest like they all team up to fight this thing the scientist and his uh takashi his weird like bird beaked weird they, they have like these weird mechanical heads with like bird faces it's it's so weird but it's so like this is sound- fascinating as like a piece of art it's reminding me of a movie called the town called panic um which in, in terms of just like it's simplistic style but feels grand yeah it's amazing like it's it seems like you know like a a like a movie you know they have mm-hmm. they do have like six or seven or 20 models with all the different expressions so they just switch them out mm-hmm. um 
but it seems like they like still use the same backgrounds or but this seems like everything is drawn specifically for each shot and it's it's nuts that there's that amount of work in it um nice yeah so that's why i watched this week cool uh I'll catch up on a few things. I, I watched the collector's edition of Trick or Treat. Um, Scream Factory put it out a couple weeks ago, but I finally just got it. It has a, a new scan, which looks really good, and I like they they kept it with an organic look, so there's grain in it, and uh, I like the film look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some f- things that I'm, I don't know. If, I've seen the movie many times, but I didn't notice before. There's a part where uh, Sam, the little imp that goes throughout the film, is trick-or-treating at this one house, and they give him candy, and as he's dragging his bag of candy behind it go it hits stairs and you hear meow 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 like there's a cat in it it's pretty funny um it's a really fun horror anthology if you haven't seen it uh make sure you check it out uh i won't spoil it because there's a lot of little twists in it um the making of it is really cool scream factory put tons of bonus features i think over like three and a half hours worth Uh, a couple are new interviews with uh, the director and he's really funny um i always i'm always fascinated by people that make it in the business because he started at, I, don't know, I forget, somewhere in California film school. And he was always interested in making a an icon for Halloween. Because there's always vampires and zombies. So he created Sam. And his uh, final project was an animated film called Season's Greetings, which you can watch on the Blu-ray. And he drew every frame, did all of it. And he was someone noticed him and he got picked up for it. And he now... He works with Brian Singer. He's like a producer on X-Men and he's directing Godzilla versus Kong. So, you know, if, it's interesting to see his trajectory. Hmm. Um, and he's a really funny guy and he's really um, fun to listen to. I still need to see Krampus, but I like him. And, and he's great in Krampus, too. Uh, he, hmm. He's a fun director. Um, he likes horror and um, he does it. He never seems like horror's below him. He just wants to make cool movies. Mm-hmm. Remember when there were like three Krampus movies coming out? Yep. And we got that one. <laughs> yep. No, it's fun. Um, so yeah, I watched that. Um, what else I watched? Sorry, I have a list. Rod Stewart on your phone. I do have Rod Stewart. <laughs> That's uh, can't believe I found a Rod Stewart song you didn't have. I know, fucker. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, what the hell did I do with this? Um, I watched. Uh, it's Maximum Overdrive. It's uh, <laughs> the Green Goblin movie. The Green Goblin movie. Well, that's not all it is. It's also insane. It is. It's <laughs> is right. he in it? Uh, well, it's the Green Goblin's face is on a truck. So they've licensed the Green Goblin likeness from Marvel. Yeah. So, so in the movie, the production designer put the Green Goblin's face on the truck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like not a, like, hey, I, I thought of this green thing with a purple hat. No, it's straight like, Green Goblin. Like literally, like, hey, that's cool from the comics. I'm going to put that on the truck. Yep. Have you seen the wow. cover for it on Vestron's release of it recently? No, I, I know. But I'm just like, I'm trying to think of like how the movie gets made and like putting copyright well, images in movies is a big no-no. St- Stephen King is a huge cokehead. And, well, they they asked for permission um, to That's use That's just it. a blanket statement. You should end there. Yeah. So it's written directed by Stephen King. It's based on one of his short stories, um, Trucks? I don't know. Anyways, it's about a meteorite that, uh, as it's passing Earth, the machines come to life and kill people. Um, like an evil transformer? Yes. Wait, wait. Evil transformer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie's not good, um, but it's so ridiculous that it's kind of fun to watch. Um, and and Vestron did a really great job. There's again, probably over two hours of bonus features on it. Um, and one is this dude who rescued the green goblins face from, I guess it was just like in this heap (laughs) in this junkyard. So he got it at the bottom half was missing and he scanned it in and made 
new fiberglass for it, and you can go to horror conventions and get your picture with it for ten dollars. Um, does does the story, like the plot of it, speak to why it's the Green Goblin's face? Nope. It, well, it's it's a it's called Happy Time Toys. It's just a toy company truck. Oh, okay. Nothing. Um, yeah, it, it's really dumb. Because uh, when I think of the Green Goblin, I think Happy Times. Yes, absolutely, murdering people and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's a really weird film. Um, I mean, there's some funny parts in it at the beginning. Stephen King has a little cameo where he goes to the ATM and he puts in the card and it just says, "You are an asshole." <laughs> And then there's a marquee that just says, fuck you. I mean, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, it's totally stupid, but it's one of those movies that's so stupid, it's kind of entertaining to watch. It's got a dedicated fan base. Yeah, it's it's all right. Uh, I haven't seen it. Man, I... It was 17 bucks at Best Buy, and I didn't get it. Oh, As I probably get it. I, I, I might just do it on Amazon. If, but I thought uh, that was cheap for a Vestron release. Oh, super cheap. Uh, they're usually like 25 bucks. I know. Um, yeah, I got it when I was in Montana, because I had nothing else to do. Um. <laughs> I was up there for two days, and I said, I'm going to go to the Western Heritage Museum. There's two rooms. So I was done in an hour. And I said, I'm going to go to the Pictograph Caves. Took me an hour to walk the mile and, like, read all the stuff. And then I still had seven hours before the concert started. How many other people were there? Um, at the Pictograph Caves or the museum? Both. Uh, museum, I was by myself. And they couldn't get the uh, the square reader to read, so I felt really bad. So they were like, "Oh, just come in and check out the museum." I mean, it was only five bucks, but I was the only one there, and I was—I mean, I was there because I went through all the exhibits. The state probably pays their budget, so that they might yeah, be fine. I still, but still, I was like, "Oh, this is sad." Yeah, I'm but that's probably the here. best way to see a museum because you're like being rushed to like read all the plaques. Oh no, and stuff. it was so. What was cool is I got there right as it opened, and it was it was a Friday morning. So I got there when it opened, and everyone there was super nice. And they had one room that was um, dedicated to, like, cowboys from Montana, and it was kind of fun. Um, and then the other room was Yellowstone Fire, I guess was a big deal there. Uh, <laughs> um, and, I mean, the pictures are really cool in it. But, you know, but it is nice because downstairs they had an art gallery. But, like, in the corner of it, they also had uh, Native American stories. And then they had people from the tribes around Montana, they would um, read you the stories and say, that was pretty cool. Um, just not a lot to do. And yeah. So, um, I was really bored. <laughs> I, um, yep. So my room had a Blu-ray player in it. So I went to Best Buy and got maximum overdrive. Um, I also watched a movie called full moon high, which is from scream factory. Mm -hmm. And it's sounds like a werewolf movie. It is a werewolf movie. Um, it has Ed McMahon and, Adam Arkin, hi -oh. uh, from Halloween H two O. Hi And it's one of those. It's by Larry Cohen. Um, to give you some, yeah, background on it. Who's yep, really yep. goofy? Did it's alive and things like that. He's a renegade maverick, man. Uh, yes. Is that the documentary you watched a couple weeks ago? King Cohen. Oh yeah. yeah. So he, it, it's a spoof of werewolf films, mm -hmm. and some of the jokes are really funny, and then some of them don't land at all. So it's an hour and a half long, but it seems really long because some of the jokes are really funny. So uh, Ed McMahon is Adam Arkin's dad, and they go to uh, Romania for vacation, and they're flying on Socialist Airlines, and they don't get anything on it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and then they have uh, then when they're there, he gets attacked by a werewolf, and he's trying to tell him to not. It. It's dumb. Um, the werewolf looks cheap as fuck. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's not horrible. It's just exists um i'm glad i got it for half off i can imagine johnny carson turning to ed and going that was a piece of crap ed <laughs> i i was at uh 
FYE and the Mills, and I usually don't buy stuff there, but they had on Blu-ray Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2 in a two-pack from Canada, so it's the theatrical cuts of them, which I haven't seen in Oh, in God, I would, I'm going to have to borrow I'll, the I'll theatrical, borrow yeah. So, because I haven't seen, because I think Halloween 2 in the unrated cut has some really interesting ideas, mm-hmm. but it falls apart because I think Rob Zombie isn't a great storyteller. Um, but the theatrical cut of Halloween 2 is way more mean. Oh, yeah, it's a brutal fucking movie. It's, and it's, it's really brutal, and I think it's actually pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, the unrated cut is too much of the white horse in it. Um, and he, and I've always said this about Rob Zombie. He has ideas, but for some reason he's so in love with his wife that he has to make his wife the central character in films. And she's a horrible actress. Um, so her trying to be sympathetic as Michael's mom, I, I just never buy it. Um, but Tyler Maine is Michael Myers in future. Uh, like there's a horrible scene with future Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer as a nurse mm-hmm. where Michael just brutalizes her. Um, that that uh, that theatrical. Well, that because that director's cut is meant to elaborate more on Laurie's struggle and uh, and the white horse thing. So it's more character driven. But yeah, that that theatrical cut is it's mean because they get rid of all the fluff. Yeah. So Michael's oh, yeah. just mean in it. I will say the, the one thing I did miss um, between the two is I do miss the extended uh, hospital scene. Mm-hmm. I think in the unrated cuts really good. Uh, the rest of the stuff is man because I think Laurie is a horrible character in it and die. Um, yeah. So it it was interesting. I haven't seen it since it came out what, ten years ago. Yeah. So yeah, well, ne- next year, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen it in ten years. So it's kind of fun to revisit. I remember um, they re-released it on uh, in October, uh, two months after its release, where it was like it, it did it bombed, um, which is not an insult. It's just it didn't do well. But they re-released it the same time that Saw Six came out. So my Halloween that year was seeing those two back to back in the theater. <laughs> it was a fun time. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, I watched Hannah because I I like watching Kate Blanchett movies. Chemical Brothers. Yeah. Dun, 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 <laughs> that's pretty fun. Um. In it, Hannah's uh, this young girl that's being trained by Eric Bana, and his name's Eric in the film too. It's kind of funny. Um, Kate Blanchett is in the CIA, and she's kind of this evil lady. Um, and Hannah, uh, they're looking for Eric Bana's character, and Hannah wants to get out of wherever they're hunting in the wilderness. And it's just basically her trying to figure out who she is. And um, so you watched Logan, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I remember the scenes yeah. in the carnival. I think it is when like she's hanging out with that family. That are, yeah. Like, yeah, I liked those scenes. Oh no, it's the movie's actually pretty good. Yeah, um, there's this badass scene with Kate uh, Blanchett and Eric Bana where they're just shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ending with Kate Blanchett's pretty great too. Um, it's a fun movie. It I liked it. It a lot. grew on me over time. I remember when I walked out of it in the theater, I was like, "That ah, was okay." And then it grew on the imagery grew on me. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a fun movie. It's not. It's definitely not Kate Blanchett's best movie, but it's fun. Well, she's fighting the wrong Hulk, clearly. Totally. <laughs> um, is that your next marathon, Kate Blanchett movies? Uh, maybe. I'm kind of just sprinkling her in right now because I'm doing Cary Grant and her at the same time. <laughs> Sprinkle a Blanchett. Um, Carte Blanche. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Um, <laughs> 22 Jump Street reference. Yes. Um, no, I, I really like her as an actress, and she always does different roles. So a lot of her movies aren't the same, and I think it's fascinating. I mean, Hannah, she plays uh, a lady in the CIA, but she has a Southern draw. And then I've, you know, in Carol, she's um, 
an elegant uh, yeah like an elegant bisexual woman mm-hmm. or uh, it's really she never really is pigeonholed into anything i kind of like that about her i would love to you know you did you ever see her bob dylan thing for i'm not there no i was gonna i looked at it on amazon you have to rent it i was hoping that i don't have to rent it <laughs> oh i'm sure i can find a dvd copy at work <laughs> okay well if you find it i'll take it um so yeah that was all right uh i have a subscription to shutter that i didn't know i bought um <laughs> So my wife wanted to watch. Did I talk about the Marilyn Manson movie? Oh, uh, let me make you a martyr. Yeah, I I've seen it on there, but I haven't watched it. So yet. I didn't want to pay for it, and they're like, sign up for a Shutter, and you get you know f- seven days free. And so I did it on my Samsung smart TV, and I can't find it anywhere else on any of my Prime stuff. So I'm like, oh, I, whatever. And then I got my like Amazon Prime credit card statement, and I had a five dollar charge. I'm like, what the fuck is this for? And it's for Shutter. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, make me your martyr is garbage. Don't see it. Um, anyway, so I was just. Did your wife like it? No, she didn't like it either. Oh. It's a, so Marilyn Manson plays. I'll just talk about it. Marilyn Manson plays a hitman in it, um, and it deals with this dude who gets out of prison and his not really his sister, but they grew up together because his dad. Ah, it's dumb. They don't did, really show anybody kill Manson anybody. Make the movie, or he's a producer it. on it. Huh executive so and he's like yeah and, he's and he helped player. like so it was a short film and then he helped make it into if you like artsy fartsy hitman movies that don't show anybody being killed i mean i guess you can watch it um it was boring as fuck it was an hour and 40 minutes as seemed like it's three hours long because nothing happens uh, even my wife didn't like it so that says something that says something yeah um anyways so shutter doesn't have like a huge variety of stuff um, but I found it. It's on my it's on my smart TV. There's an app I have for it that I didn't know I downloaded. Um, and anyway, so I was just fucking around on there. And I remember reading about this movie called Bait. It's an Australian shark film. And I said, you know what? I'm going to watch Bait. With Jamie Foxx in it? <laughs> no. There is one with Jamie Foxx. <laughs> uh, in it, it's about this tsunami that strikes Australia. And as it, these people are trapped in a grocery store... And in the aisles is a 12-foot great white shark. And some of the like the actual effects where they have to animate the shark look not that great. But they do have um, animatronic sharks that look pretty cool. And the gore in it's really awesome. They show like the shark eating people. And there's muscle and tissue like flying around. and So it's pretty gruesome. Is, is the supermarket flooded? Cause yes, because the tsunami pushed all the fish in. Are, and, are the people underwater then? No, they're on top of uh, the shelves in the aisle. Okay. So the shark swimming in between them. Well, that sounds cool. Uh, so, like, the concept is, I mean, it's a shark movie, but it's it's pretty well done. And, I mean, like, the violence is pretty sweet in it. But the sharks can't really hide because there's not a lot of... No, the, so they're not hiding. They know they're there. They're trying to figure out how to get out of the supermarket. It's Jaws in a safe way. Yes. Because sharks <laughs> can jump out of water. They can. And he does a couple times. Deep blue sea at a king super. There is a sweet uh, scene where this dude is trying to crawl through the vents. And you already know what's going to go. So he's like hanging from a rope like above the water. And sure shit, like the shark comes up and bites him and pulls him down. And in his half is like all his intestines like fly out. I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> and it was made for 3D. So there's some really cheesy 3D shots uh. in it. Um, not so much with a couple with a shark, but uh, more so there's fish swimming in front of the screen and stuff. So it's like, hey, you know, here, this is 3D. Uh, and the last thing I watched was um, Resident Evil Vendetta which is a CGI film that came out last year that I never got around to watch uh, in 4K, and it looks actually pretty great in 4K. Um, it's pretty badass. Um, the problem with Resident Evil 
the the CGI stuff is the stories are super convoluted and this one's not that much different. Um, you have to have a huge knowledge of the Resident Evil series to just watch them because you can't go into them cold because like here's this character, here's this character, this is what they're trying to introduce, this is what that is. But uh, the basic story is is this pharmaceutical guy is introducing a zombie virus to New York City because um, the U.S. government killed his family and he's a weapons dealer and so he's dealing with a biological weapon and uh chris redfield and leon kennedy the two like big like main stars resident evil team up and there's some like badass uh choreographed action scenes where they're in a hallway and they're like killing zombies but they're doing it in a really badass way um like there's this one part where um chris redfield has an like an m15 and he's wasting zombies and he runs out of bullets. So he jams the gun into one zombie's head and then he reloads it and starts shooting through the zombie's head. <laughs> it's super gory and it's pretty badass. Um, so if you can get through that, like the action parts, it's pretty sweet. Um, and it looks great. If you want to watch, you know, violent zombie carnage, you could do a lot worse. It's nice. probably the best Resident Evil movie, to tell you the truth. Is it CGI animated like um, the Final Fantasy movies? Yeah. yeah. So it's still, yeah, yeah, it's by Sony. Uh, so they, I mean, it looks really good, and and the 4K, I, I was comparing the two, uh, and um, you can see textures a little more, um, like on coats and things like that. Uh, the blood's a little brighter, um, the lighting looks a little sharper, and I think that's pretty much all you can do with 4K computer animated movies. I think it just pops a little more, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty sweet. If you like zombie carnage, sweet. That's what I watched this week. Speaking of carnage, uh, the movie this week is Overlord. Zach, should people see Overlord? Oh fuck yeah! Uh, I love this movie. Uh, it it kind of catered to a lot of different things I enjoy watching on a regular basis. Um, and uh, the cast is phenomenal. Um, the, the 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 horror element is uh, not like super scary, but just super fun. And like there are moments of true terror. So like yeah, I would I would definitely go check it out. And um, quick because I don't know how long it's gonna be in theaters. Brad. I didn't get to see it. Oh, oh um, shit. yeah, you should definitely see this film. It's uh, what was really cool about this film. It actually started out as kind of a scary war film <laughs> and then it morphed into uh, and I should mention in my tweet. I said this is uh, Nazi zombies, really not Nazi zombies. Mm -hmm. It's more of human experiments going uh, going awry. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's 75 percent a war film mm -hmm. and then it deviates into a sci-fi horror like thriller a mutation thing yeah you know? uh but no i freaking like the title card you talked about it earlier i love the title yeah, card overlord yeah it looked uh like old paramount films yeah it was awesome mm -hmm. um and it was really cool how it started it uh well here's a trailer what's inside that church what happens to those people
Overlord. Rated R. So, uh, quick, quick thing. I, I, uh, had a terrible experience seeing this film with the DC, with the digital file being corrupted and, uh, uh, the theater I went to not knowing how to handle their shit. So I didn't get to hear the cool music and, like, I, I, it, whatever. But it starts out as a fucking, like, horrific ordeal paratrooping out of a plane. The, I love the combination of horror with war in this context because it like it doesn't rely on its B movie tropes, even though they are clearly there. Yeah, it start it's an it starts out as a, like an a like a war film. Yeah, because it starts with these um, dudes who are paratroopers, and it's June fifth, so it's the day before D Day, and their mm-hmm. job is to line, land behind enemy lines and take down a tower to help the Allies invade Normandy. Right. And uh, before they get there, their plane shot up. People are getting killed. Um, that sequence on the plane, oh, like it's it, intense. It's like it's it's that CG where I know it's CG, but I don't care because it's blending very well for that my sti- eyes. I think it's stylized. Yeah, so it has that cool war film to it. And um, that shot where he um, when he finally get jumps out of the plane and yeah. it's, it's it's super tight on him. So it's almost like the opposite of Mission Impossible Fallout this year when yeah. they're outside of the uh, plane. You know, that's. It's, I don't know who that actor is. He's really good, though. What else is he in? I don't know. Um, the only actor I recognized was uh, Kurt, Russell's Kurt, Kurt Russell's son. Um, I mean, the, he's really that, great that, in it too. That family's got great genes, man. I'm telling. Oh yeah. Well, he's great in that film too. He plays a corporal who. It, it's really fascinating. The film starts as the horrors of war, where I mean, you know, they only five or six of them are left, and mm-hmm. as they're walking to their mission, one dude steps on a landmine. And yeah oh my god hashtag justice for his cookbook <laughs> yeah fuck so that dude dies um even it, it's the horrors of war and you don't know and you meet with this family and um the uh, reign of terror and you know a french village the girl that they uh that they uh, that they encounter on the way and then she holds them up while or like she she provides them shelter while they're trying to figure out how to execute their plan. She's great in the film. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. Um, I, I put her name on the Instagram page, but I don't remember it um, off the top of my head, but she's, she's just fucking wonderful. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually they get to this town and to take down this tower, and while they're there, they discover that there's a lot more to it than just this radio tower. The Nazis are, which they did, uh, are doing her- human experiments. And Now, granted, though, this is a sci-fi version yeah, so, of, of that story <laughs> so basically they they have spoilers uh they have found a a well underneath this church that grants brings people back to life mm-hmm. but also grants them superhuman kind of abilities mm-hmm. um and and that's where the movie kind of goes the last three quarters of it is them trying to fight but, to, to fight the to fight the mutation yeah it's it's like it's it's like it's a it's it 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 takes the it takes that notion of the experimentation and like turns it into a B movie premise, but it doesn't do it in an insulting way, which I no. appreciate. But also, like the majority of this film has nothing to do with its horror plot. It has no. to do with the war film and ends up becoming a horror film in that respect too. In the process, like Wyatt Russell beats the fuck out of that Nazi, oh, yeah. and and rightfully so. He's a fucking Nazi. But it's brutal as shit in the way that I thought Inglorious Bastards would be when I saw that trailer years ago mm-hmm. before seeing Inglorious Bastards. And you're like, no, it's an elegant piece of cinema. 
this film, though, I think, it, you know what also it does? It, it draws on the old, like, war films really well. Oh, yeah. Like, the characters are all there. The guy, who, the, the Brooklyn-accented guy. Oh, yeah, Tibbet. Yeah, yeah who, who uh, has With the, the little boy. Yeah, the, his little interaction. Like, there's certain, like, t- tropes and storylines in this film that I'm like, the guy who directed this clearly knew how to make... Uh, or watched old World War II propaganda films, you'd call them, but they're, you know, they're war movies, and knows how to tell an entertaining tale within that trope. Yeah. Very much how, like, Joe Johnson did with First Avenger. Um, And, like, and they they handle the style well. It's actually, like, I think their low budget really helps, because, I I mean, I think the budget's, like, it's obviously lower than $100 Um, But um, it works to their advantage, because they're able to make it look like yeah, but a film of that makes, period. The, the story is intimate because a lot of it takes place in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, only, like I said, last three quarters of it is when it starts getting big. Right. Because, you know. But not even so big that it's outside the concept no, of it's, you making know, it's, it yourself. It's a character piece. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think it was uh, Birth Movie Death that called it the R-rated Captain America movie you want to see. Yeah. And I, I agree with that because the dude who plays Boyce, I, I forget his, I don't know his name. He's great in it. And he's kind of. Um, he he's he's our beacon in it. He's the guy who's always trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and and the ma- practical makeup effects in it are amazing. Oh yeah, uh, I don't even know like the main villain dude's name, but when his face is like half gone, it's pretty. I call him. Dope. I call him not Michael Shannon. <laughs> yes, that's not bad. Um, um, he the yeah, and the, like I the first scene when. Boyce is going through the um uh the the labs and whatnot, and that. The thing that like jumped out at me and freaked me out. Two things. One is is there's, so there's like they're breeding their mutants in various different ways yeah. and formats and whatnot. They're testing whatever they can, and one of them's in a fucking embryonic sack, something whatever. Mm-hmm. And like he opens it up, and then the guy's head falls out and goes, "Help me, help me!" Oh, yeah, yeah, and then the other one in a clear homage to return of the living dead has a woman who's got who's got her full head and then it's just the rest of her spinal cord going like speaking fucking weird french or french. german she's like she's saying écoute which is yeah, listen yeah. which i don't know she's like please listen or please listen is what she's saying in french I'm- but it was like it was it was so yeah. creepy and i didn't i didn't look at it long enough to see if it's like cg or if it's like an uh, animatronic a little bit i think it's a blend yeah. i think that like her head looks like it's animatronic and then the spine and stuff is it 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 did a good job with the whole like it's funny like if you made this strictly with animatronics and like Savini makeup in the eighties it'd be just as effective mm-hmm. the also the uh, the the establishment of the of the village and whatnot and the way they shoot it makes it look like it's a set which yeah. is really neat because it like it can look it can function both ways like Absolutely. it but it just it kind of feels out there and otherworldly and I totally dig it oh you know I think I think the film was awesome I, it's one of those films that I, I started doing uh, a pre film explosion list because we're getting close mm-hmm. and I have like twenty four films on it and I got to find a way to whittle them down mm-hmm. and I don't know how I'm gonna do it with this one I, I really like this movie um, I do too and that's what's tough because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out lately that I really want to. Because I was going to do this huge joke for number 10, where I was going to do The Rock, and it's going to be Rampage and Skyscraper. Do it by movie star. <laughs> yeah, but it, there's there's just too many movies, so I was like, I can't do that. Those movies, they're fun, but they're not good enough to be right. on the list. Um, I'll tell you right now, Hereditary was on my list, but I think Overlord's knocking it out because I had more fun with Overlord. <laughs> Hereditary's garbage. But, <laughs> um, Opinion. But, <laughs> very um, strong one. <laughs> um, also, um, 
I uh, I really dug. Uh, by the end of the film, Boyce is like, I was like, well, do you think they? You think they? The other guys are like, well, you think they'd send us home? And he's like, not until we finish the job. And I was like, oh fuck yeah! yeah. Oh, go please, kill Hitler. please make more. <laughs> like, it would be sweet if it was a march to kill Hitler. Yeah, um, shit. And then the end credits, like I liked how they mixed in that. Uh, uh, that Django Reinhardt like yeah. like music mixed with a rap like I'm just like ah this this film knows exactly what it is and doesn't care it's awesome yeah no, it's a fun movie mm-hmm. I think everybody should see it yeah J- good on JJ actually it's it's only credited for the story by Billy Ray the guy who helped co-write the uh, Hunger Games movies mm-hmm. but I guess JJ Abrams also co- uh, conceived of the story too so that's pretty cool to know he and you know anytime Nazis are killed it's a good day yeah exactly that's all I have to say fuck about that. the Nazis. Yes. Um, so yeah, go see it next week on Real Nerds. Are we seeing Fantastic Beasts too? Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Gila Point. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I I didn't see the first one, so I I could miss it. Okay. We it's either get... that or Widows, which I think looks interesting. Ah, mm-hmm. Widows. Oh God. Do they have the balls to pull this off? Viola da- <laughs> Viola Viola Davis can do it. Yes. Gonna pull that. Yeah, I guess it's one of those two things. Or we can see Girl with the Spider's Web. Yep. We'll figure it out, as always. Girl with the Spider's Web into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> into the Spider-Verse. Ooh. Man, then the, like next week is Creed 2 and Ralph 2. Wreck-It Ralph 2. We should push one of those. I, I think well, I did I on the schedule. Excuse me, it's called Ralph Breaks the Internet. <laughs> but then there's so many. Like I don't know if we're going to be. I guess uh, December 7th. 1941. A date that will live in infamy. Because I do want to see Anna and the Apocalypse. Is that getting a well, wide, wide release? That's a limited release, but it's actually, I'm seeing it t- tomorrow night. At the, uh, no, Alamo, tonight. Right? At the Denver Film Festival tonight. Oh, cool. Dang. Um, but it's limited release, so I don't think it's actually going to be out November 30th for us. Otherwise. That's fine. We have enough movies. <laughs> Orion needs to start doing some more I wide releases. Book too. Um, I do, too. Um, yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, we see Creed 2 and then push Record Ralph 2. Scheduling live and exciting on Real Nerds Podcast. And then see Schindler's List re-release. December oh, my gosh. Are we just going to be depressed? <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm fucking going. I haven't, I've never seen it on a big screen. I want to do it. This holiday season, come watch the extermination of three million people. Wow. <laughs> hey, you want to see one dab of color in a movie? The girl in the Uh, I could have saved more money by buying this on Blu-ray. Anyways, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.
Hey film buddies, follow me around Denver. Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz Ross. I'm Armstar. Welcome to the Alamo Draft